0: everyone, thank you for joining us again for All Things Evangelism. I'm here this week with Pastor Adrian Rachel, and we're going to talk together about the mission of a dad. Not too long ago, we had a podcast entitled The Mission of a Mom, and it went so good. And I just thought, man, I've got to do this again and call it the mission of a dad. I believe that fathers have an evangelistic responsibility in their homes. When you love Jesus and you love your children, you really care about a few things more than your children being saved in Jesus. I know Pastor Adrian's got a a deep love for Christ and a deep love for the church and ministry and evangelism. So I asked him to come and join me to talk as my elder brother,
1: dad. Thanks for joining me, Adrian. You're welcome. It's good to be here, Matt. And thanks for the opportunity to, to share.
0: I think I think most people would know that you're our conference president here in North New South Wales, but I'm, I'm just going to mention it in case there's anyone out there who hasn't attached the name to the position. But
1: to, And you're also a dad. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I have um, two adult children. Been very blessed. We have a, a son who lives um, up in Cairns and our daughter is here on the... The, uh, the Central Coast and just a couple of weeks ago got married. So that was uh, a really exciting time for a dad to to give her daughter away and, and actually to do the wedding ceremony as well. So it was a double blessing for me and a, and a really special time.
0: I, I could imagine how awesome it would be to marry your child and marry your daughter. And especially to a, a guy like Trent. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, inc- incredibly blessed that so the two of them found each other. We believe it was a, a God thing. Both Erin and Trent were engaged or involved quite heavily in the youth of Departments and particularly at summer camps. Trent has been the activities director for a number of years for the summer camps at Yarrahapney on the Mid North Coast. And Erin 18 months ago was invited to be the speaker for Team two. And yeah, from, from the reports that we got, her ministry was very much a blessing. But it was then that they had they actually had met casually at Avondale some years ago. But the friendship. Was uh, rekindled and and a relationship um, grew out of that um, that experience. So mm. um, all power to Dana and Blair. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. I guess you'd have good feelings about them being that. Yeah, their ministry to some degree overlapped with. The, the ministry of, well their, their ministry overlap with Trent's and yeah and he married your daughter yeah wow in,
1: interesting in, interesting for both of them they had come out of serious relationships Trent had a had a previous relationship that had been going for quite some time and Aaron was in a previous relationship for about two and a half years mm. that's actually only finished a couple of weeks before the summer camp and as a parent it's pretty heartbreaking to see your children go through relationship breakdown and the pain and yeah stress that causes but yeah yeah, it's interesting how God leads.
0: Hey Amen. it worked out. I'd be on, I, I can already feel it as a dad. I'm going to be on pins and needles when my boys are in their teenage and young adult years, because especially, this sounds strange, but especially if they're going well with Jesus, they're really passionate about the Lord and and growing in him. I'll, I'll be so on edge because I know the power of romance and love. And if they get involved in an unhealthy or dysfunctional or bad relationship, that could really thwart that. Did you ever feel that way? Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. And the heavy responsibility that we as parents have for our our children. But I I guess, Matt, that's why the early years are really critical on the part of parents in in setting that tone, in setting that spiritual platform for your kids. Ellen White talks about the importance of the first five, seven years of of a child's life. Because as they grow up, as they get into that teenage year or or teenage years, friends become a significant influence in their lives. And you, as parents, your influence, it doesn't obviously stop. It's still there. But friends become more important than they were in their, in their early years. And that's why I think it's it's actually critical in those early years for parents to, one, show appropriate love, develop close bonds, and build a spiritual foundation for their, for their child's life or their children's lives.
0: Yeah, amen. Is there any specific things that we dads can do that will help our children love the lord or come to christ any specific things like if you could say i'm talking to a room of dads i'm a dad i'm a bible believing pastor what do you say
1: A couple of things come to mind um, immediately. Matt, one of them is just being an authentic spiritual person ourselves. Kids, they see us. Obviously, we're away from home in terms of ministry and things like that, or job and all of those kinds of things. But they see us in the good and the bad. They see the way that we we react. They see the way that we treat um, our spouse, um, our other children, the way that we interact on the telephone, the way that we what we do during the week doesn't match up with what we profess when we go to church on Sabbath. And so I think it is it is critically vital that as dads, we just be authentic spiritual individuals and we grow in our own relationship. Our kids know that there are times when we're praying, there are times when we're reading scripture, there are times when we're involved in service or talking to our neighbors, having spiritual conversations, those things. They see those things. That is really important. I guess the other big thing, and I just go back to the Bible over and over again, there's so much practical advice in the Bible. Jesus was never married, but he made an ideal spouse Jesus never had children but he had a group of individuals around him and some of the if you like parenting and in, in, in inverted commas that Jesus did with his disciples I think we can learn a lot from that and one of the things is just time our kids need our time. Mm. They just need us. There are times, and, and we're both pastors and other people are in other professions and the demands of, and the pressure of, of our jobs and the stress and the toll that it can take, the draining of energy that it can take. We have to find that work-life balance somehow. And we have to give all of our children our time. Jesus gave his disciples time. He spent time with them. And there were times when he took them away and they were just alone as a group of individuals. And as dads, we have to give our kids kids kids' time. Yes, we can be busy, but we need to find time during the week. We need to find time on the weekends where we can just spend time with our kids and just do stuff with them. Spiritual things at times, and then other times just do stuff, whether it's kicking a ball, whether it's flying a kite, whether it's building a sandcastle on the beach, whatever it is, we have to invest in our children and give them out.
0: That's such a good point. I I swear, I was just thinking this morning about that, about Jesus not being married. To to a woman, an individual woman, but in Ephesians 5, it says that the marriage is to model Jesus's relationship with the church. Mm -hmm. So in effect, Jesus was the husband of the church and the church is the wife of of Jesus. And and, and then, yeah, he was very paternal with the disciples. And in Mark chapter 3, it says that he chose 12 and he went up onto a mountain and ordained them. And then it says, so that he might be with them. Yeah, and it, it gives a list of things that he'll do with them, and so that he can send them to preach, and gives them power to heal, and gives them power for demons. But the first thing it says is so that he might be with them, and so they were eating yeah. together, they were working <clears throat> together, he was modeling ministry for them. But they went and had recreational time together when they went away privately yep. as a group. Yep. Yeah, my wife always and... says, "Love is love to a child is spelt time." <laughs>
1: We Matt, we had we heard an interesting saying just recently that hurry is the enemy of love. Oh, wow! hurry is the enemy of love. I thought that was pretty powerful. Absolutely. The other day, I'll tell you, I was
0: listening to my oldest son, and he was giving a speech to someone on a certain subject. And, and when he began to speak, I, I recognized that what he was saying was a reflection of some things that I had recently been saying on the same subject. And I just got this really nervous feeling like, wow, this guy is completely being dad right now. Like he's, he's yeah. totally modeling yeah. me right now. And it just yeah. alerted me to how much he wants to be like me and, and yeah. how yeah. it is in him to, to model my behavior. And he looks up to me and he, yeah, yeah, I was just, I was a bit impressed by that. And I,
1: I felt a little bit of the fear of God inside of me. Yeah, that's the responsibility, I think, as dads that we have. And I, I must admit, as a pastor, I had some hesitation when Laurel and I first got married um, about children and so forth. And because one of the things that, that concerned me was that, and, and I'm, not, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, but sometimes whatever profession we may be in, sometimes our profession demands so much of us that there's not a lot of energy and energy time left at the end of the day. And I thought about having children and I thought, what I don't want is for my children to, or for our children to grow up and be angry at the church or angry at God or whatever. And I guess all of us can identify examples of that. The other thing that, just going back to what I mentioned before, is the responsibility on us as parents and as dads in particular, is that example that you talked about and thinking to ourselves, if my children grow up to be just like me, what kind of people will I be? what kind of Christians will they? How will they treat other people? And that's a huge responsibility. And I think something that maybe some people don't reflect on adequately, the responsibility of being a parent is enormous. God has given us the opportunity to mould the life of another individual. And that's a huge responsibility. Unfortunately, the world, some of the thinking out there is you have children, but you offload them so you can get back to work and make make a a significant contribution to, to society and so forth. But I think the biggest contribution we can make to society is actually taking parental responsibility seriously. And I know that people have different financial pressures and all of those kinds of things. But I think in terms of It's really important that parents in those early years think about the responsibility that we have as parents to our children. And those early years, the more time that we can spend, the greater reward we will will get ultimately. But yeah, just what what kind of, of parent, what kind of individuals, what kind of people will my kids be if they grow up to be just like me? And that's why I think it's so important to have that authentic spiritual journey ourselves as dads and our kids see that.
0: Yeah, I so agree. I was thinking about talking to a neighbor friend at a soccer game just the day before yesterday. Our family went and to our neighbors' our soccer game, and my my boys are really good friends with the neighbor kids. And the youngest of the three boys that live next door is named Oliver. And he's 10 years old, and my oldest son is eight. So he gets to come into our family and be the oldest here. So I like that. He's at our house every day, almost all day, all the reason school holiday. And so we were at the soccer game, and his dad, Chris, his, well, Ollie's grandfather is dying. And I was sitting next to Ollie's dad, Chris, and we were just talking about that situation and, and how he's relating to that. And I was asking him, does he feel like he was able to really connect with his dad before, because his dad's going to die within the next week or two? Yeah. and we were having that conversation it was really good a good heart-to-heart you know conversation and um and i was just thinking about my dad who recently passed away not recently but a few years back about three years ago and i was just get into these moments where you're just really thinking you know about your relationship with your parents and kids and i was thinking probably more than anything as a son i wanted to get to know my dad like for real like i wanted to know who he was mm-hmm. and i wanted to know what he really thought like of me and of us in our relationship, because to me, he's, he's strong, he's capable, he's practical. He can fix the car. He can, he can, He's a hero. Dad's a hero, and that's yeah. I think reflected in how Max was modeling me. He's like talking just like me, reflecting my views. All yeah. of this, stuff. and I thought to myself, Wow, that's that's really I think important for me as a father to my kids, and that's to let them know who I really am, to get mm-hmm. to let them get to know me for real, and to be truly interested in them as people. Because they, whether I don't think I need to assert myself as an important person for them to think I'm important. They just do. Like yeah. I'm the dad to them. I'm this big strong guy who can run fast. That's what a five year old boy thinks. Man, he can run so fast. He, he's an awe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can drive a car, man. Wow. <laughs> so I was thinking, that, yeah, I was thinking about that. Like a boys got they have to know me. And I've got to show a genuine interest in their well being. And maybe balance and blend strength with tenderness because they're going to, they're going to think like, yeah, anyways, that's just a thought that come to my mind. Hey, okay. So I get back to asking you a few more things, it's a couple more questions I wanted to ask you. If you could go back in your past as a dad, evaluating your past as a spiritual father, what are some things or what's something that you think you did really well? Something that God really helped you to do well and something that you would probably say that
1: wasn't the best. Yeah. Good good question, Matt. Laurel and I have, have um, always tried to provide a strong, spiritual foundation for our kids family worship has always been a part of our home from a very early age and, I, and I, I was fortunate to grow up in a home i wasn't an ideal home but but uh regular family worship was part of our routine and we made a decision before our children were born that as a couple we'd spend time together we had morning worship we found that's worked for us best to do it in the morning because evenings often out at meetings or bible studies or visits or whatever so it was difficult at nighttime but from a practical point of view but yeah so regular family worship and that's just a great time and for families to to have their own little build their own little habits and culture. whether it's when you kneel for prayer you have a prayer mat or it's just something that you do one one thing that we a little family tradition that we adopted and that was yeah we'd have a we'd, we'd read a passage or a more daily devotional or something like that and then we'd pray after prayer we'd all give everyone in the family would give each other a hug we just go around the little around the circle when the kids were born there was just four of us but we always had a hug. And that was just our little routine. And that was a special time. And we'd, we'd say to the other person, I love you, and so forth. Our children had the opportunity to go to Adventist school. And that was an important part of their, uh, of their, both their primary school and their, and their high schooling. Pathfinder's. Uh, when the kids were young Laurel was great I obviously, I obviously had other uh, responsibilities but Laurel would more than not be part of the Sabbath school where they went so when it was beginners kindy, primary, junior team Laurel was usually fairly involved in the different Sabbath school divisions that I think helped to build that that uh, spiritual platform the spiritual foundation for the kids' lives so yeah, they, they were some of the things I, I think from a personal perspective one of the, my dad showed his love in what he did but didn't often very rarely actually told us that he loved us as children. I'm one of five, I'm the youngest of five. And dad was always busy. He was always working with really long hours. Sometimes when Sabbath was over, he would head off. I remember growing up as a kid for three years, he drove taxis. And with a taxi driving, you just, you put in long, long hours, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. So he was often not around. But one of the, yeah, I don't remember him ever telling us very often at all hardly ever that he loved us and I think that's really important for dads to do to their children both both boys and girls is to tell our kids often we love them just I love your son I love you whatever terms we use but I think that's really important and, and missing that for me growing up we've tried to both Laurel and I have tried to um, implement in our parenting to tell our kids even when, as they get older when they're teenagers, as they when they're young people, and and now both of our children are mature adults. But to still still tell them on a regular basis. When my son and I talk, and he's thirty two, they're about to turn thirty three, when we finish a phone call, we say to each other, oh, "Love your son," and he says, "Love your dad." And I think it's really important to do that, and that's one thing that's that we've tried to implement in our in our parenting um, style. Uh, perfect parents, absolutely not. But yeah, oh, and one of the things what. Yeah, please. Yeah, one of the things that I would change um, or do differently. I don't know. I can't identify any that's at a moment that I'd do differently. We did try to spend time. Maybe that work-life balance sometimes got out of balance. I was a youth director for 12 years, and that's being a youth director, conference youth director is is easy. But the the flip side of that is our kids, when they were growing up, even though they weren't old enough, they had the chance to come to junior camp and come to dean camp and learn how to ride a bike and drive the go-kart after the after everyone else had, had a go as we're packing up and come in the ski boat and stuff like that and then go up to the snow it was at Clinton I think we were running a a ski camp and he was only three weeks old and we wrapped him up (laughs) in about 15 layers of clothes when we went up to Mount Buller so that you could hardly see his head and face and so forth but he he had the opportunity to be up in the snow when he was just a few weeks old because we're up there with the young people so they did have some of those other opportunities yeah 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 that's a great environment for a kid I would imagine having a dad as a youth director
0: because you get access to all that (laughs) amazing ministry and at the same Time fun with other older kids. That'd be great, man. Like when we do a rise, my kids, they go up there and it's the best. They're just like, they have all these, you know, well adjusted, you know, energetic teenage, young adult people just excited about Jesus. And that's their, that shapes their mindset about teen years. Like they, yeah. their, their, their view of what they'll be when they're a teenager is what those kids are, because those are the teenagers they know. There's something I wanted to just chuck in. This is a bit of a random thought, but I thought this should be said in the podcast. And I'm not going to say it because I do it great. But I heard a pastor say once, and it really struck me, that the best thing a man can do for his children, if he wants them to be saved, is to love their mother yeah, And I, I just thought, huh. And obviously, the Ephesians 5 thing comes to mind, like husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her so that he could cleanse her and sanctify her. So like your love for your wife, according to the Bible, has a real elevating effect on her. And I guess if if I want my kids to value what I value, then it would make sense that I love the woman that they love, like the woman who brought yeah. them to being like, so this is their mom. She's yeah. this sweet, lovely, beautiful influence to them. And if I, if they don't see harmony in our home, and if they don't see dad in love with mom and, and showing that number one, they probably won't want what we Like our our, marriage, secondly, our professions for Jesus may be invalidated in their minds, or at least, yeah, they'll just think, okay, they may not connect it consciously, but I think on some level, they're going to be thinking, okay, my dad preaches Jesus or confesses this belief system, but you know, our home, like he doesn't love mom
1: very much, so yeah, that made him. What is his profession? Yeah, and Matt, obviously, we need to not every home is an ideal home and there may be people listening who are single dads um single mums whatever who don't have both spouses and it does make it tougher and sometimes we might need to reach out to other family members who who can maybe fill a little the hole or or provide some additional support but it's but it's um true what you say sometimes i've asked people which is more important the relationship between the parents or the relationship between the parents and children. If you had to prioritise, which is more important? And I would agree with you, absolutely. The relationship and and the the data, the research, bears it out that the relationship between the parents is actually more important than the relationship between the parents and the child. Mm -hmm. Because if that parental relationship is not strong, and as you say, if kids don't see that demonstrated in a healthy way, and see the love and the forgiveness and the working together and the resolving conflict and the communication, if they don't see that between the parents, then sometimes whatever you do with your children is is going to be invalidated because the, the theory won't be underlined by the practical.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've said sorry to my sons a few times and uh, like sincerely sorry. Sat down and said, Hey, this is the approach I took. And that. I'll say, Hey, son, I did this. I said this. It's because I thought that and I was wrong. And if I could go back, I wouldn't have done that because I see that that wasn't the right way to deal with you, man. And I'm really sorry, buddy. And you didn't deserve that. And I, every time I've said that to them, like sincere saying sorry, I can yeah. almost see this like, this rush of like forgiveness in them, like where they're so quick. It's almost like they just have this gratitude that wells up in them oh. and theft, like my faults to them. And I, I, I try to do this, but it, you know, it's really hard for a dad to, to say sorry sometimes, because a lot of times the mistakes that you make, it's not a simple mistake. Like it's not as if I was completely wrong, but there might be an like a degree of what I would say. Maybe I was checking a behavior that should have been checked, but I was doing it in a way that was unnecessary. I was being unnecessarily harsh with my words or my attitude or my, and so now I'm I'm evaluating the situation as a dad saying, okay, that child needed a bit of correction and I needed to, to put up a boundary here and let them know that was inappropriate, but the harshness with which I spoke and the yeah. attitude that I had when I spoke, it communicated something that I didn't want to, that's not healthy to communicate. Yeah, And and so that's really hard, but I'm trying to even, yeah, I'm trying to make a practice of just fully confessing to the kids. Okay. I said this and it was right for me to, to say this, but I, I know I was really angry and I know that came across dude. And I don't hate you, buddy. I love you, man. And I just, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I sometimes say to my sons and pray for me, buddy, please,
1: that Jesus yeah. need to be calmer. And And Matt, you're you're absolutely right. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfect dad. And we are going to get it wrong from time to time. And I think when we are going back to to scripture and the practical lessons that we can learn from the Bible about relationships, one is obviously unconditional love. And as a parent and as a dad, sometimes that's not easy, particularly when our children do things or make choices that we don't agree with, but to continue to love them, because that's how God deals with us. He doesn't stop loving us when we sin. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us is, is love is just prodigious. And we've got to we've got to show that same love to our children. when they mess up, when they break something, when they say or do the wrong thing. And particularly in their teenage years, when there are when there's a world of temptation out there and that they make some choices that we may not agree with. We we have to keep loving our, our children. It is so important. And we need to show that love and we need to say that love to them even when they might make a mistake. And we've said to both of our our kids when they were going through some teenage times, we said to them if they went out with their friends, or whatever. We said to them whatever time it is, two in the morning two in the morning. If you need to ring, if you need us to come and pick you up, we will be there and demonstrate that unconditional love. And the other thing Matt, you rightly say, the forgiveness. And again, where does the forgiveness come? It comes from God. How many times does God forgive us? We have to forgive. It. We have to forgive our children too. If they we entrust them with something special like a toy, or I remember, I like to try to keep my car at least wash it once a week or something like that. I like to have it clean for the Sabbath, Friday afternoon. Afternoon. And then a child comes out and you've just nicely washed the car, but the bucket and the suds are still there. And the, the, I remember Erin at one point, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, grabbing the sponge and, and starting to wash the car again. And I've just shamed it off. And you just think, oh, they're just trying. They're just trying to be helpful. And, or I can specifically remember blaming one of our children when the other child had done the thing that we'd accused the other one of, mm. you know, and we had to go to that that child and say, I'm sorry. We accused you of doing X, Y, Z, but you didn't. It was, you didn't do that. And we're sorry um, that we accused you of doing something that you didn't do. And having that courage, because we're not going to get it right all the time. I think it's really important for the fathers, particularly because we like to be the strong role model and stuff like that. But there are going to be times when we mess up. When we, as you say, we're using the wrong tone of voice, or we've had a, a rotten day at work, we come home and it's so easy to take it out on the kids and be short with them, or send them to their room when they make the smallest noise because the stress levels up in, in us. And it wasn't their fault; they didn't make us stressful at work. And we have to have that courage to go to our children and say, "Hey, listen," and, and just tell them, be open and honest with them. Tell them, they really had a really tough day at work, got hammered at work, or dealing with a whole range of issues at the moment." And and I came home and I was stressful and I, I took it out on you and I'm sorry, it's not your fault. And and just give them a hug and let them know that we love them and stuff like that. Unconditional love and forgiveness is what God gives to us. And we as dads have to give those things to our children.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm just going to say just to close, when I was a kid, I used to play baseball in Key West, Florida. There was a little league there and there were three fields lined up in a row and they were such like they just seem like professional stadiums to me as a kid. the The bleachers where the crowd would sit, they seem so tall, and the fields seem so so far, so big. the The scoreboards just seem so gigantic. Everything just looked big. That's what that was what I remembered as a kid of this of these fields, these playing fields. And when I I moved away from Key West as a kid, and then moved, and then yeah, ten years later, as an adult, came back to visit. And I drove by those baseball fields and stopped and, and walked through and did a little reminiscing. And the thing that really struck me was how small everything looked. And in my memory, everything was so big. Everything was so huge. And But when I went back, it, it was really small. So... Mm. Uh, I thought that was an interesting lesson in that, like a metaphor. My adult self viewed what my child self saw as so big as really small. I think we as adults sometimes can see things as really small that our kids see as really big deals. And I think that you can, you can, you, you get detached from your childhood so far removed from your childhood that you don't realize how big of a deal certain things are to kids and so how profoundly some things can affect them and what you're saying made me think of that because you come home and you're dealing with a big world a lot of big problems a lot of big issues your child isn't to you in this really small little world that's so simple and (laughs) so insignificant seemingly insignificant in the grand scheme of things but that's not the perspective of that child and when you come home as a dad or even as a mom but i'm we're speaking about dads and you're carrying all these burdens and you got you know, cloud over your head and then that reflects on your relationship with the kid. And I mean that kid is not seeing, they can't, they don't have the capacity to see what you're dealing with. All they see is someone that they feel doesn't really care for them or like them or that's not happy with them. And that's a big deal to a kid. That's a huge deal to a kid. So yeah, I just I thought I'd say that, uh, or else I'd kill. I'd be really yeah. upset about not not saying that. But hey, <laughs> thank you so much for for joining me, Adrian. And I I thought we'd Can end you? this podcast I, differently than than we normally do. I wanted you, yeah, maybe say a closing word or two, and then if you could. Just have a prayer for the dads in our conference. All the dads, old yeah. young, new dads, old dads. that God would help us to be the kinds of dads that can bring their children to heaven with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Matt, can I just yeah, maybe one quick word to follow on from that is is just when we spend time with our our, our children, it's so important that we let them talk. Just keep those lines of communication open. Let them tell us about anything, everything. Know that we will keep their confidence and and they can just talk to us about anything and and not appear shocked when they bring something up that maybe might be from left field or something they've seen on the internet or something like that. Just let them talk. And again, particularly in those teenage years, be available for your kids to talk to you about anything and just be willing to listen and not be shocked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great spending the time. Let's close with prayer. Father in heaven, uh, um, we thank you that you have given us the capacity to love and to be loved. And as you have made us as human beings in your image, the ability to have children and family. And Father, you have shown us in your word that family is so important. And as parents, you have given us a huge responsibility to mold and impact the life of another individual and particularly to lead them into a relationship with you. And Father, I just want to pray for the dads right across our conference. For those who are in families where there are two parents, for those in families where there might only be one parent or those uh, families where there is some dysfunction of some sort. Father, we don't live in an ideal world. But, and the devil, it seems, is trying to, to tear families apart more and more. But Father, it's so important. And the responsibility is heavy on us as parents and particularly as dads. Help us to, to love our children as you love us. Help us to be willing to forgive our children as you have forgiven us. And Father, I pray for each dad. I pray for those with little children or younger children, those with older children, those with teenage children, those with adult children, those perhaps who aren't yet dads who are thinking about being a dad one day. Uh, Father, um, I just pray that you would be with each person and help us to be authentic uh, in our relationship with you so that our children can see that you are a great God who loves them and wants them to be part of your family and part of your kingdom. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining me, Adrian. And thank you everyone for joining us as much as I have been. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week uh, on this podcast. God bless.